0: Matthew chapter 12, verse 39, 39. Matthew 12, 39, that's where we start. I wanna talk to you today about the fact that God is prepared. He is ready for whatever comes. He never gets caught blindsided. Nothing you ever do surprises him. (laughs) May surprise your mother in law if you do something wonderful. It doesn't surprise God. It may surprise your wife if you do something terrible or your husband, but it never surprises God. He is prepared. Matthew 12, 30 to 9, I want you to see this, but, talking about Jesus. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and an adulterous generation seeketh for a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented, Jesus said they repented, at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. D- Dylan, D- Dylan, D- Dylan, D- Dylan, D- Dylan. I have, to tell, I have to tell my phone it's Dylan or they won't call Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> so half the time I call him Dylan and Dylan. Dylan stated that, that, that uh, anything that's repeated is, uh, is important. That's right. Jesus restates this truth in Matthew 16, verse 4. Matthew 16, and 4. Four chapters later than we just read. He said, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it, given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. We're going to go to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm going to tell you the story about Jonah today. What it means for us. What it means is God is prepared. For any of your stupidity, <laughs> he's prepared. Anybody ever done anything stupid? Everybody in the building, raise your hand. That means my people don't your people are honest people. It's uh, saying Correct. you're raising, you're raising them right. The uh, story goes of a seminary and a Bible college student who was in a liberal school, went, wasn't it Christ for the Nations now. <laughs> he went back home to his home church and was walking around the halls during Sunday school time and stuck his head into the Sunday school class and little teachers in there telling the, the, the children the story of Jonah getting swallowed up by a whale. He calls her aside after the class is over, calls her out and he says, I just want to tell you something, I've been to the seminary they told, me, they told me the truth about Jonah and the whale, that the whale didn't really swallow Jonah. It's just a metaphor. Because well, a, a man couldn't live through being swallowed by a whale, even if, if a whale could swallow him. So probably just a metaphor. She said, "What well, do I care about that? The Bible says a whale, God prepared a great fish, called it a whale, and it swallowed Jonah, and I believe that just like the Bible says. I don't care what you say. He said, well, we'll never know, will we? She said, no, 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 I'll know for sure. He said, how are you going to know for sure? I said, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah myself. (laughs) He said, suppose Jonah's not in heaven. She said, well, then you can ask him. (laughs) Amen. 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 Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, Amittai, however you want to say it, Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. We're not sure where this was, Tarshish. It may have been towards Spain. May have been an ancient word for Tarsus where Paul came from. From the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, which you know is Haifa now. Haifa in Israel today is Joppa back then. And he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Well, He is going the wrong direction. We heard this today. I've I've had about three or four confirmations for this message already today during the words that, that came out during the praise and worship. It's amazing. It's almost been preached already. God intends for you to be where He wants you to be, doing what He wants you to do. But he's not, he's not unprepared if you go the other direction. His love is going to chase you down and catch you. it's what he's going to do. Yeah. I heard about a young preacher that got lost one time. I may have told you this story, but it's funny. He got lost. He was looking for a cemetery. He's new in town. Had a preacher funeral in his graveside, you know. He wandered around the town for an hour and a half. Got finally arrived there at the cemetery. He's an hour and a half late. Nothing left but a tractor there, big old pile of dirt and a hole, and guys, guys with shovels out there. He drives his car up to the edge, runs up to the hole, looks down in there and they already got the lid on the concrete box. He says, oh man, oh no. Hey fellas, could you shut the tractor down for a minute? I got something I gotta say. All right, what is it? Well, I'm late. Now some words need to be said. He said, okay, go ahead. So he opens his Bible and starts preaching. He preached Genesis to Revelation. He preached it was a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. He preached Dan to Beersheba, I mean from the top city of Israel to the lower city of Israel. About an hour later, he slammed his Bible shut, stuck it under his arm, whirled around, jumped in his car and took off, sped away. That truck driver looked down at the guys with the shovels and said, Boys, I've been putting in septic tanks a long time, but I never saw anything like that. <laughs> never saw anything like that. You can wind up at the wrong place, do the wrong things, but God is not unprepared for that. God is prepared. Here's what it says. But the Lord sent out a great wind, God prepared a wind and sent it out to the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like, likely to be broken. I want to skip on down, I don't want to read all this because it just take too much time. Y'all, y'all know the story, what happened, how the sailors rowed and rowed, and they, they didn't know what was going on. And finally it came out, verse 11, then they said unto Jonah, what shall we do unto you that the sea may be calm? Unto us. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. Verse 12. And he said unto them, take me up and throw me into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that this, for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. Look down at verse uh, 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. Wow. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared, is God prepared? The Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Anybody know why three days and three nights? Jesus said this was a sign. A sign of him being in, in in the belly of the earth three days and three nights. In hell itself, three days and three nights. Why three days and three nights? I'll tell you why. He was in there representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is God's plan, not just Jesus' plan. This is the whole Godhead's plan for you. He was there redeeming the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was in there for your past, your present, and your future. Amen. He was in there for your spirit, your soul, and your body. For your mind, your will, your emotions, the world, the flesh, and the devil, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He was overcoming death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. A day for each. It was no accident. He was doing something to change our lives forever. Because God was prepared. Chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of, the, of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Now I am one who, who, who says that Jonah died in the whale's belly. Theologians are kind of split on it. Some say he, Lived. Some say he died and came back to life. I say he died and came back to life, because it didn't say I just went into the whale's belly. He said I went into hell. The the Hebrew word there is Sheol. Sheol. You cannot get into Sheol unless you're dead. Christ. Hear me. Amen. I believe Jonah died that day. Verse, verse four. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. He's praying in, the, in eternity. He's already entered into eternity in Sheol and he's still talking to God. This is Jesus. This is talking about Jesus really for you and me. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. See what I mean? His soul was gone from his, from his body. And the depth closed round about uh, upon me. The weeds were wrapped around my head, poor guy. Weeds wrapped around his head. Did Jesus have weeds wrapped around his head? Yes, he did, thorns. Verse six, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. How long? He had died, he was in eternity forever, he said. "Yet." Hast thou brought up my life from the corruption, O oh, Lord my God? He saw it happening before it happened. He saw himself risen from the dead. You have brought up my life from the corruption, O oh, Lord my God. You have brought up my life. You see that? Listen to me. The problem you're in is not done yet. God is prepared. He is prepared for your victory. You need to stop ta- start talking about... You're being delivered right now, even though you feel captive right now. Say, God has delivered me. Come on, say it with your own mouth. God has delivered me. God has delivered me. This is faith talking. This is the way faith talks. Faith talks like it's already happened, even though you're in the midst of trouble, even though you're in the midst of sickness and disease. Faith says, I am healed by stripes. Amen. Glory to God. Verse seven, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered remember the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee, unto thine holy temple. Verse nine, listen to verse nine. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving, I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. I told you on Wednesday night, those of you who were here Wednesday night, last, a week ago Wednesday night, I guess this right here. Salvation is of the Lord. Maybe it was last Sunday night. Sunday morning I mean. I mentioned this. Jonah did not say salvation is of the Lord. That's what it says in our Bible, doesn't it? Jonah just said one word. He said Yeshua. Yeshua. That's the name you know as Jesus. He said Yeshua. Jesus, that's what he said. Jonah said, Jesus, Yeshua. Every time you, you know, you see why it's important to use Jesus' name when you pray? Because when you pray, you're saying, my God delivers. When you say, in Jesus' name, you said, my God delivers. Jesus, Savior, Deliverer. And Jesus' name means, in the name of the one who delivers glory to God. In verse 10 says, The Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. What you need is a word from God to talk to your trouble. Amen. Your trouble doesn't have a chance against the word of God. The word of God is stronger than anything that goes that comes into your life. Yeshua, a word from God. God spake to the fish. I wanna to get to chapter three as quick as I can and let you hear this part. It's just shocking to me, shocking that we've missed the point of Jonah for so many years. And the word of the Lord came into Jonah the second time, the second time, saying, arise, here's what, here's what God said for him to say. Arise, go to into that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Look down at verse four. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, here is the message, I want you to hear the message, okay? Yet forty days and none of us shall be overthrown. Did you notice what's missing here? Unless you repent. That's missing. Jonah wanted to say, unless you repent, but he didn't get to. His message was, yet 40 40 days and and Nineveh is going to be overthrown. 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Period. Old Testament prophet had no other choice but to say what God told him to say. That's why he ran. We're going to find out later why, why Jonah ran. Jonah was a good prophet, he was not rebellious. He was not rebellious. He was concerned about something else. It wasn't rebellion that made Jonah run. I'm telling you the truth. You've heard it all your life, that the rebellious prophet Jonah. He was not rebellious. He was concerned about something else. I'm going to show you what it says. Jonah began to enter into the city and cried, saying, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Look at verse 5. This is a shocking verse. So the people of Nineveh Repented. No. Didn't say that, did it? What did it say they did? They believed God. They believed God. They believed God. Come on, tell two people. They believed God. They believed God. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Listen, who's Nineveh? It's a great Jewish city. No, this is a Gentile city. Oh. Oh, they believed first and repentance followed they believed first and repentance followed the Jews repent first and then faith comes Gentiles believe first and then they re- repent Amen that's awesome believe the message believe God We've shown this all through the book of Acts, and my teaching here has been principally r- around this message, message of faith and grace. God loves to be believed. He is so... If, if you can say anything about God that He's obsessed with, He's ob- obsessed with being believed. If you can say God is obsessed with anything, He's obsessed with being believed. That's, why, that's where we first went wrong, y'all. The real first sin was not the sin of eating the apple. The real first sin was the sin of unbelief. Because Eve looked at that tree and it looked like poison. She even said it was poison. She said we can eat every tree, but if we eat that tree, we'll die. It's poison to us. We won't even touch it because it's so poison. Two verses later, after the devil talks to her, she believes what he says. She stopped believing what God said. And I started believing what the devil said. This is called unbelief. Okay? If you believe in the the voice of the devil, the voice of fear, you're in unbelief. Okay? When you believe God, you're in real faith. When you believe what the devil says, you're in unbelief. Hath God said? Two verses later, she looks at that tree and says, it says she saw the tree that looked good for food. Two verses before, it was poison, and now it's good, good for food. Now it look, looks like dessert. Poison. Did the, cha- did the tree change? No. perception no. changed. She changed. What she believed changed. That's where it went wrong. And God said, Adam, where are you? I was naked. Am I hiding from you? And I was afraid. Who told you such things? Who told you? God had never said one word to them about being naked. Not one word about anything that they had liked. God is obsessed with being believed. That's how we left Him. That's how we must come back to Him. He, he provided everything that pertains to life and godliness. He provided a way to get over our sin by saying this simple thing Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day if you will be- believe that everything will come right for you again glory to God Amen. believe Amen. and pro- they proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the, to the least of them I'm going to skip down now verse 9 of Jonah 3 the king says who can tell if God will turn and repent wait a minute wait a minute we heard all about Nineveh repenting? Looks like somebody else is about to repent. Who's repenting here? And turn away from his fierce wrath, his fierce anger, that we perish not in verse 10. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, which is their repentance. And God did what? Repent. Repented of the evil that He had planned for them, that He said He would do it to them. And He did it not. They believed. And God repented. They believed and God repented. Faith does great things for God. He'll even change his mind for you if you get in faith. He may have planned to squash you. But if you get in faith, he's not going to squash you anymore. Amen. He's not going to squash anybody. But I'm just saying, even if he had it planned, and you get over into faith believing Him, you just found your way out of trouble. Amen. Amen. Now chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Oh, poor Jonah. Poor baby. I'm so mad. I thought that check would be in the mail. I prayed, I asked God to send it today. It didn't come today. Hmm. You been there? Getting angry with God is like shooting yourself in the face. This does no good. Does no good. Verse 2. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord. Was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Listen to this. this. This tells you why Jonah fled. Therefore I fled before thee unto Tarsus. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. He, he got a message from God that said, Go tell them they're going to die. I'm going to overthrow Nineveh and it's over. Go tell them that I said that. And he, says, he said, Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute, God. You're gracious. I must be able to say, unless you repent. No, just tell them I'm going to kill them all. Unless they repent. No, just tell them I'm going to destroy them all. God, I can't say that. Here's how Jonah's thinking. Because if you're gracious to them, and you will be, it looks like what I, what I prophesied did not come to pass. That makes me, Lord, a false prophet. You know what to do to false prophets in Israel? They stoned them, Lord. It was your idea. You told them to do that. You put me in a rock in a hard place here, God. I don't want to rebel against you, but I can't stand this. I can't stand having on my record that I'm a false prophet. You hear me? He had a good reputation. He did not want to die. But then, his heart gets a little sideways with God. I've been there a few times in my life, not many, until I found how futile it was to be angry with the Lord. I remember now that there's a devil out there in this world. And evil is not planned by God against you. The devil plans evil against you. God is always on your side. He was even on the side of the Ninevites. He knew what kind of message they had to hear to to turn their hearts. He knew it would take a hard message. And it did. And it worked. Glory to God. But this is why Jonah ran. Listen to me. Move on down to chapter 4. It says in verse 6, He went outside the city to sit and wait for, to watch and see what was going to happen. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah and that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver, to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad for the gourd. But look at verse 7. that God prepared a worm. God has prepared, y'all. When, when, when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd and it withered, verse eight, came to pass that when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind. The sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted, fainted and wished to, in himself to die, and he said, it is better for me to die than to live. And God finally gets his message across to Jonah about how important it is to be gracious. How He has plans for every person who is rebellious and angry, resentful, hurt, sinful, disobedient, ugly, mean. God has plans for your recovery. Glory to God. I found five things that God prepared. Verse verse four of chapter one, he prepared a wind. A wind. Verse 17 of chapter one, he prepared a great fish. Verse six of chapter four, he prepared a gourd. Verse seven, he prepared a worm. Verse eight of chapter four, he prepared a vehement east wind. Five things God prepared. How many things did you prepare? Uh, this is a number of grace. grace. God has prepared for you with grace. Grace to you in your trouble. Grace to you in your in your hard times. Grace to you. God has prepared you for grace, prepared for you grace, so you can come out of whatever goes wrong in your life.